for me, it was just all about like finding something that's different that I can make a living off. Every minute, if I wasn't working on the business, that's money wasted. Constant like output, output. Once you get all the, the variable stuff out, like your orders and your customer service stuff, it was just straight onto building and lighting. Building so that and lighting. was the process. Yeah, man, it was nonstop. The thought of you having to let someone go because of financial difficulty, for me, that's like, I've failed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not just that, but as like a family man, as, as a dad, you've got that pressure to always be, you know, winning. Yeah, yeah. So that pressure affects a lot of guys' mental health too. We scaled ads big time. The whole campaign, we spent half a million dollars. We hit our goal. That assurance that everything that I've learned, I put into practice and I achieved it. That was just like such a great moment. When someone hits a roadblock, what gets you through those moments? And like, what's your advice to people to like not give up as soon as they hit like a, a roadblock? Yeah, something as simple as going to like an entrepreneur summit, like what I did, that set everything up for me to go, all right, this is new me. You know Changing I mean? everything. You gotta, you gotta go out and get stuff, yeah? You can't just sit there and just wait for things to happen. Just quickly before we get started, guys, if you've been enjoying the podcast, can I please ask that you consider leaving a five-star review and subscribing on whatever platform you've been listening. It really helps the podcast grow. All right, we're back. Another episode. We've got another econ banger, Kenny Lee, founder of Light My Bricks. You've built a multi-million dollar Lego lighting empire <laughs> over the last six or seven, uh, seven or eight years, sorry. Um, and the reason I'm so keen to chat to you, bro, we, we had a quick chat earlier, but you're the perfect, the perfect example of turning a hobby or your passion into a business and into profit. You've done you're living little Kenny's dream yeah. every day. You're playing with Lego essentially. And you've not only built a life you enjoy, yep. I'm sure by looking at the stuff you do, it looks like you have a lot of fun, yep. but you've made a lot of money in the process. So it's a really good example that, hey, you can do both at the same time. So I'm going to get to know you and kind of your journey. Yep. Um, but for, for you, eight years in the game, you've had a lot of experience. We're going to go through the whole process. For, for me, where I want to start with you though, is like, how does someone start? Because you were first first to market with yes. Light My Bricks, yep. the first kind of person to create this like custom lighting for Lego, yep. um, which is even exploding more now, like we were talking about into like more and more adult based products. You started this before anyone else. How, how does that come up? Where do you just say, I'm going to start a, a lighting business for my, for my Lego? Well, I was actually looking for it myself. Like okay. there was not, like I started I rediscovered my passion for Lego as yep. an adult. And then like, I've always been fascinated by light and like that kind of imaginary, like things are ter- becoming alive at night. Mm-hmm. So I used to put like, even as a kid, I used to put a little flashlight into a little house that I had, a Lego house that I had, <laughs> yeah, turn off yeah. the room lights. And it's like, oh, cool. People are yeah. inside in there. Um, so for me, um, rediscovering passion for Lego, buying and collecting sets again, I was like, there's got to be a way to put lights in it. And so, yeah, you could go out and, you know, go the electronics route and get the soldering iron out, buy wires from your, like your Dick Smith electronics stores and try your hardest not to, you know, get electrocuted or something <laughs> yeah. like that. But I was like, yeah, like there's got to yeah. be a cool way to do it. So I basically said, um, I'm going to try and do this myself. And mm-hmm. if I can do it myself, I can definitely create a product. So it was that kind of like. So you were bulb. starting it for yourself, <laughs> but with already the idea, hey, if this works, you're going to yeah. turn it into a business. Well, to be honest, actually it was, um, you know, I was ha- having a lot of heated arguments with the wife, mm-hmm. you know, young family, single income, here goes Kenny spending hundreds of dollars on Lego. <laughs> yeah. And the wife is like, what the hell are you doing? You, you, you know, we could be investing this money to the kids and buying stuff. And there you go, spending on toys. And I was like, my way of going, how do I, I, I started learning about tax deductibility and all that kind of thing. I, oh man, if I could have a business that can buy Lego and that can be tax deductible, that would be, <laughs> yeah. that would be the moment, you know? And That's so the hack everyone needs. Th- that was something in, uh, that was inside of me that was like, oh, I really want to make this work. I want to do this. I want to prove mm-hmm. 
my wife wrong and, and win this argument essentially. <laughs> so how long were you back into, into Lego before, like just as like a collector, as like a hobby before you yeah. started thinking, should yeah. I turn this into a business? Not long, not long. I'm very like, nice. I'm very impulsive. I'm very yeah. like, if I, if I see something, I really like it. I'm going to fucking go, go, go get it kind of thing. So, you know, it's probably like six months probably. Okay, you know? yeah. And I, the more Lego I was buying, the more kind of, like amped up, I was getting into being able to create something. So yeah, yeah all, all I did was um, I had a, a colleague of mine who knew the Chinese market. Mm-hmm. And so I basically said to him, Hey, can you see if you can find, um, it was, ta- you know, Taobao, it's called Taobao. It's like the Alibaba, but okay, it's yeah. more, I guess, um, you know, it, it's Chinese speaking to other people, uh, Chinese people, and they're able to find more materials and all that kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. I just said, Hey, can you see if you can find small, tiny wiring, mm-hmm. like small enough to fit inside the bricks and stuff like that? Yeah. Because yeah, sure, you could buy thicker wires, but then you're altering the design. I was like, I just want to turn that into that, you know, yeah. like from A to B without altering any design. So my uh, my friend of mine was able to find small componentry and I just said, look, give me the smallest connectors, give me the smallest LEDs, but make it – I want to create like a system, like a plug-and-play system Yeah. so you're not having to, yeah, do the whole electronics, soldering, wiring, that kind of thing. So I was able to find small componentry that I was – like I was able to seamlessly integrate that with Lego. So how do you, obviously jumping a bit, a bit ahead and we'll get to know the context a bit yeah. more as well, but how does like, how does it work? So what is it comes in a box? Yeah. You, okay. you just, so like, how's it, how is yep. it powered? Yep. How does it light up yes. kind of? So it's basically tiny componentry mm-hmm. and all the light kits that we make is uh, essentially a composition of different lighting components. So you think your light wire, your little hub and your power. And so you're basically connecting this modular system that, that, um, that you can build in uh, and integrate it with, with the Lego set. So what you're buying from us is not just the lights, but that experience in the instructions. Yeah. So we document that whole process to take that kind of thinking out of it. How, so how long would it take? Like you've, you've, let's say you've built your set on average, like what's the range to actually set up all your lighting? How long you reckon we're looking at? Oh, look, it depends on the, the model. Like you could have like a simple, like let's say a F- Lego Ford Mustang. You just got, head and tail lights, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that might take less than an hour to put together, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but something that's really intricate, like, you know, your massive Star Wars UCS spaceship, which like has, you know, hundreds of lights, that might take a lot longer. Like, yeah. like you said, it's about, for people that are into that, it's not just about the finished product, it's about the experience, yes, right? Because that's, that's I imagine yeah. like building it for everyone who's into building stuff, that's part of why you yeah. love the Lego, that's, that's why you love putting the shit together. Yep. Now, again, just while we're on it, because I'm confused, like, I can see how you would put together a, a concept, a sample, like for yourself. Yeah. But then, like, was it a challenge to scale up production, or because it's like essentially like a flat pack kit, you're giving everyone the raw materials and instructions? Yeah. Was it easy enough to kind of scale when you had the right parts? Yeah, because everything is like essentially you're I'm importing like all this raw stock, yeah, it's all yeah. components. So every time I let's say I sit down and, and design lighting, I basically you do your obvious stuff, mm-hmm. but then you want to make sure the lighting is as realistic as possible. It's enhancing the Lego set, not the feature. Yeah. And that's yeah, where yeah. a lot of our other products out there don't get it right. You know, it's easy just to slap lights left, right, center, the wrong colors, but if it's not true to what that model Pieces, is, yeah. then it's like, it's not as authentic. So that's what we're all about. Um, and creating that experience, you know, um, concealing the wires is a real trick. Um, it's not just putting lights. It's how do you conceal it? So the Lego, so you can't tell, you can't see yeah. the wires. You just see something. Dude, it looks so much better than just normal Lego without lighting. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. If I, if I had fucking a collection, I'd be decking it it's out. Next level. It looks so much better. Yeah. But like, so when did you start this business? So late 2015, early 2016, right? Yeah. 2016. Yeah. yeah. Now 
when did this start? Obviously, like Gary V is kind of popularized collectibles yeah. and all like, yeah. you know, he's straight out of your stories out of the Gary V playbook, take your passion, a hobby, and mm. you can literally make it a business. Yeah. Even the example uses, if it's Lego, you can build a business out That's of Lego. It. If it's collect baseball cards or whatever. Yeah. yeah. When did this, like, was that at the start of when this started to become like more mainstreaming and all start to get a little bit of like cultural, like, you know. Yeah. I think to be honest, like uh, even Lego, like Lego's taken a huge shift in direction as well. And I think this was just prior to that. Yeah. Um, they already, they already were, um, I guess, big Lego sets out there that adults were primarily buying, but they hadn't gone on to this whole black box 18 plus route yet. Yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah, they've yeah. gone crazy. So this was just before then. And that was when I started the business, but I think it was more, um, there's like Lego community. There's like adult fans of Lego. They call them A-Foles. So that's A-Foles. always been around, but it's, it was more the kind Where's of A-Foles like, come from? What does that stand for? A-Fol. So A-F-O-L, adult fan of Lego. Oh, okay. So that's, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, thing, yeah. right? Cool, cool. It's not so much anymore. And that was, you know, the, 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 the geeky guys who, who aren't socially great and they just like, Fuck but yeah, they man. find you know similarities and that's, they have their own little yeah, community. Nah, they just build stuff. And, um, so, you know, that was who I was really targeting at, at start because, yeah. um, you know, these guys, they, they build, they, but they don't have any lights. So for me to actually create something, share it. And, and that was, a, I guess, a power of social media, right? Yeah. You're putting stuff out there. You're, you're, you're getting involved in the community. You're, tag, you're tagging people. You're liking and people are seeing the lights and they're like, oh, cool, that looks cool. But then when they dive into it, it's like, oh, you can actually buy it. And so that was how that yeah. whole thing kind of took off. You, yeah. you mentioned just before that you're like, um, you're very like impulsive and like yeah. when you get an idea in your head, you just do it. Yeah. And, and I know like you've said like, oh, you, you couldn't do uni. Yeah. Why why couldn't you do uni? What was it Mate, for you? I, I just hate reading. Mm-hmm. I, I, ever since I was a kid, like I, I hate reading. I hate studying. And I say it all the time. The thought of like studying for an exam just 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 makes me feel sick. I just want to, <laughs> yeah, I hate it. You know, if it was a, a video version of it, sure, I'll take that in, or a listening version, I'll, I'll take that in. But yeah, so I always, I I was always like very, um, uh, I guess, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, I I wasn't, uh, I was very, um, what do you call it? Um, I'm just gone blank. Thinking music. Moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Um, very restless all the time, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I could never sit still. Um, and I always wanted Sound something like more than just a traditional job. You know, yeah, even sure. though I, so growing up, I, I wanted to be muso, right? So oh, I played cool. in bands and that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Then that didn't work out. So I was like, all right, started doing a bit of IT as a fallback, but then I wanted to get into like TV presenting and music cool. TV presenting and that didn't work out. So back into IT I was. So um, for me, it was just all about like finding something that's different that I can make a living off, but I hadn't found it yet. You know what I mean? So this one, I just kind of stumbled upon it. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into kind of obviously how you've built the business and, 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 and everything like, again, multi-million dollar business just off the back of like a hobby, something relatively niche, but you've been able to build this whole empire off the back of it. But going back to getting started now, you had that conversation with your wife. She's like, dude, you spend too much time, too much money on this. You're like, no, 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 trust me. I've got a plan. Yeah. How do you then, you've ordered your component trees, you, you've tested it, you realize, hey, this kind of works. Mm. What's the process between, okay, you're there, you've got the idea and you've, you know, you've seen something starting to, like a bit of a trend starting to emerge. Yep. How do you then take it from the point of an idea and a sample to a business? What's the steps? And are you working IT at that point? What are you yeah, doing Yeah, you know, I was, yeah. So I'd, I, I was still definitely working my day job. I did that for at least two years before I went full-time into the business. Um, even though the, the, the business was making like, I was making more money selling Lego lights than I was in my IT job in the first probably six months. Um, but for me, it was very, like I took a very simple approach of create something 
Uh, and the product is the instructions. So you've got the lights, you've got the instructions. Just get as much as you can out there. And because there's so many different Lego sets mm -hmm. out there and you can just light pretty much anything. So for me, it was like the more I have, the more business I can get, you know, the more yeah, customers yeah. you'll get with the bigger, a larger range. So I was all about just like working around the clock, just designing, and designing. designing like it after like it after like it. And once you do that, you just then have to package all of it. So then you've got to look at, for, for me, it's like, all right, like it, one will have three of these lights, two of these expansion boards, two of these cables, and you're basically packing it in a nice way. And I think packaging was really important for me at the very beginning um, because it's, it, it speaks to that whole experience, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just the product, it's that whole experience. And, you know, have unboxing something is like, some of the best feelings ever. Particularly with product. this because it's an experience-based yeah, product. You want it. the experience to start from the moment you yeah. pick up the, the yeah. package. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, starting out, you just had your, your plain boxes or whatever. And the way we scaled is because everything is basically the same, just a different composition and just identified with like a, a different sticker. Mm -hmm. So even to this day, we've got really nice premium packaging, but what di uh, sets all the different products apart is a, is a product a sticker. sticker. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for us, I'll, I'll never forget like, you know, that first kind of sample we got, it was like this uh, magnetic class box. And, and then like even that sound of that yeah. click, you know what I mean? That's like everything like, all right, dude, we got to do that. Um, and then so there obviously was like, you spend a little bit more to, to get yeah, that packaging. For sure. You, for sure. You, it was you worth felt it. That it was important. To I knew experience. it. I knew, I knew I wanted to position ourselves as like a premium product, you know, people, critics will look at it and be like, oh, LEDs. I mean, I can just get them from, you know, uh, Kmart and just do it myself. <laughs> yeah, you can, see, see, but yeah. not everyone can do that, right? Mm -hmm. Not everyone will know how to do it and not every product <laughs> can look as good. People do it all the time. They'll get like their fairy lights and just chuck it in. Chuck like, it yeah, up. they're my lights, but it's like, man, this, what we do is next level. So yeah. how many, when you started, how many different kits did you have? Like how many different like designs did you have? Uh, for? Like I think I, we launched initially with maybe 10 yeah. um, at the time, but it was just like, I was like going, uh, my social media was every week new product, sometimes uh, two. So it's just like new product, new product, new product. Check it out, check it out, check it out. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come, come at me, come at me kind of thing. What yeah. was your first really successful like model that popped off? Do you remember? Like um, that kind of put a bit of cash in the bank and you're like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, so what got me back into it was a series called the Lego Modular Buildings. And what that was, was each year Lego would bring out a, uh, it looks like a terrace house, but they have like multiple levels that you could like lift off and you can see details inside. And so each year they'll bring out a new one. And essentially what you're doing is you're getting hooked. You're buying one, then you're buying another one and, and, and you become like your own little Lego mayor and you've got like a street <laughs> of Lego, you know, yeah, like your city. Um, so for me, that was what made me want to light up and, and have like a street full of houses, Lego houses with lights. Mm -hmm. So I was pumping out these new products and then I'll never forget one of our first customers was, one that came and not just bought one, but they bought like six light kits in one go. And I was like, oh. And then I started to see more and more people like that because these guys were just like me. Taking out their whole kit. That was yeah. exactly the same. They just wanted to do the same. So for us, it was that kind of, even if you just got one customer to try one, they were coming back for more and more. And every time you release something, you see the same name pop up. Yep. They're just adding to their collection because- it's like addictive. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't stop at one. You got to get you yeah, your nah. whole thing. Just a quick one for me. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'd know that after scaling Happy Skin Code over $10 million per year, I spent close to 18 months creating the viral brand builder program 
which teaches someone with zero experience how to launch and scale their very own e-commerce brand. With over 100 training videos and direct access to me, including one-on-one calls, you'll be guided throughout the entire process. Now, the framework we have developed is unlike anything else, and we already have a bunch of incredible results from students that are making multiple five and six figures per month. So if you're ready to make 2024 your year and build a business that can completely change your life, then click the link in the description and book in an application call. Spots are limited as you'll be speaking directly to me. So make sure you book in before applications close for the month. Now let's get back to the podcast. That's the thing. Like what's your returning customer rate? I imagine it'd be pretty pretty high. It's like 35, 40%. Yeah. So you get a, like whenever you like launch a new product or like there's a new collection that's gone live, you you win a lot of Lifetime value. Like we've got customers like, like I've seen, some of them are spending like close to hundred grand in their <laughs> lifetime on lights. So you think about how much they spent on Lego. We're talking about these crazy dudes that have like, and girls that have like massive rooms full of Lego mm-hmm. cities and then they keep adding it to it. Each time Lego brings something out, they're just continually adding and buying more and then they're coming back to us. So you, you mentioned at the start, like part of your social media strategy was just everywhere. Okay, you've got to design yeah. a new product. What were you doing in the early days to market the product? Obviously it would have evolved a lot now and we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit, but yep. what were you doing early days to to sell the product? It was basically, well, Shopify. That's yeah. the start of everything, right? Mm-hmm. It was so easy to use. You know, you jump on, create a, a site in like, you know, under an hour or whatever. Um, it was all about social media. Mm-hmm. So getting more and more followers, interacting with the community, Email marketing. Um, we weren't even writing ads. We didn't know. I didn't know anything about ads. I wanted to know. Like I knew the importance of advertising and marketing, but at that time, all I knew about was getting agencies. And yeah. at that time, it was expensive, so oh, yeah. I never went down that route. It was just organic, purely. Yeah. So all organic content. Yeah. And where were you posting it? Facebook, Instagram. Just Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Okay. Yeah. And then, so what's your, what's your little workflow? Like I want to, cause it's like, it's always fun hearing the like war stories from early on in a business. Cause it's everyone that's listening yeah. that is working a job that, you know, mm. they're not necessarily love. There's going to have to be a period yeah. where they do both at the yeah. same time and yeah. it's tiring and it's stressful, yeah. but like, that's what's necessary to, to change yeah. your life. Yeah. So you'd work, was it like, was your IT job like maybe yeah. nine to five in yeah. the days? That's it. And yeah. then what do you come back at night? Yeah. You're doing videos, you're Putting all the uh, well, I had kids, together. so you know, you come home, you do the whole family thing, okay, have yeah. dinner, get them into bed, and as soon as they're in bed, that's dang, all systems go. <laughs> okay, get through your orders, get through a ton of customer tickets, then straight on to building and lighting. And like, I would always, of course, you'd, you'd you know, call in sick here and there, mm-hmm. you'd, of course, you um, got to do what you, you got to do, do, Sorry, you do. And it's like every minute for me was like, if I wasn't working on the business, that's money wasted, you know what I mean? So it's just like constant, like, output, output. Fortunately for me, I had, you know, my wife was helping me pack. Yep. Her her family was really supportive. Like we, we'd go to her, my mother-in-law's place every Sunday for the lunch. And there was like heaps of uncles and aunties and everyone. After dinner, we clear this big round table and then out come all my components. Everyone's <laughs> sitting there like testing stuff, packing yeah. stuff. Um, so it was like quite the thing we did every Sunday. So that well, it was a huge help for me, you know. Mm-hmm. My dad was like, um, you know, helping with like soldering lights and drilling like lampposts that we include with it and packing. So I had a lot of support from them. Um, but mainly the workflow was basically once you get all the, the variable stuff out, like your orders and your customer service stuff, it was just straight onto building and lighting. Building so that was the process. Yeah, man. It was nonstop. Cause I like, I, I imagine just got on that like order fulfillment, like yeah. process. Like for us, we get an order, we put in a padded mailer bag, put the sticker on done. Yeah. You guys very different. How long could it take to like, at the, like oh, I'm sure you've man. organized it's, it and streamlined it more now. Yes. But so are you legit like looking, okay, so this one I need. Yeah. Yeah. So we try and pre-pack as much as possible. Oh, so can, every light yeah, kit, yeah. so let's say I've got like 20 SKUs. The aim was to have at least five, 10, 20 of each SKU on your shelf. So when you actually do the order, So you're just pre-prepping them, you mean? Yeah, but the problem is demand was so, like, it, I, like 
things grew very fast. So it was always trying to keep up. And quite a lot of the times it was that stressful moment of you want to pack an order, but you can't because you've run out of like it A, like like it B. So I'm just like, oh, crap. Oh, but so the whole pack, thing pack, pack, you pack. can't do. Yeah, and you don't want to just pack one and then send it. You want to at least get five out or ten out so you can have them on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. So That's why now um, it's it, I was helping out with Black Fridays, you know, picking orders, and it's just like, such a different, it was a simple, but just the feeling of being able to just get an order of say like 10 like it's and going, yep, that, that, that it's simple, but it felt so like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? It felt different. so good. Yeah. When you yeah. get back in and pick some orders and, and yeah. pack some orders after a while, it's yeah. like, wow. Yeah. Dude, Kinda it takes cool. you back to the days where like oh, you'd be man. up all night packing orders. Yeah. Um, crazy ride, crazy yeah. journey. So you, you mentioned you weren't like running ads from the start because yeah. agencies were expensive. Yeah. How does it start to scale? Like what, what do you do to scale the business? Yeah. So for us, we had a lot of organic growth, which was we were very fortunate um, for. And like every year we saw year on year growth about, look, 20, 30%. In my mind, I was like, yeah, the business is growing. And, you know, your Black Friday period is, that's what sets your, your tone for the year after. And so we used to have like pretty good success. But for me, I went through a period where um, I was trying to set up the the company and hire what I call like my lead team members to be able to be experts in their department. And then I just thought, all right, if I can get them to do that, then I can probably step, take a step back and just look at it from a, from a, you know, from a higher view and just look at other ways to improve it. But at the same time, I was like trying to push for results. You know, I was still aiming for the top and it wasn't until I guess um, maybe six months ago, I went on this huge uh, change, like a, a big shift in direction again and, and learning from other e-commerce founders, learning from other experts in advertising and all that kind of thing and, and realize that it all, it all starts with you. Um, so that's Absolutely. when I went through this new journey of mine, getting right into learning about ads, learning about like marketing, learning about the product and just assessing everything, resetting and, re and assessing everything again. So still like for most of your journey, it sounds like a lot of your growth has been like through organic. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's, and, and like I didn't, to be honest, I didn't know many other people um, that were had businesses, let alone econ business, yeah. um, businesses. I kind of, I did have a, uh, my, my business partner, um, is a marketing guy and I kind of just said, all right, just leave it up to you. Yeah. you know, I, I don't want to know. But the thing is I did, but I was like, my brain was too like full. Too much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, uh, yeah. So it was just more just kind of like getting back into it, learning everything and then, um, learning from people, you know, like surrounding yourself with, with other like-minded individuals that were either, um, in a similar journey to me or 10 steps in front. Yeah. And then when you learn and you get so inspired just from meeting other business founders, you're like, Oh man, I need to do this. I need to do that. And you spend more time. So was it only this. recently that you yeah. had the realization to start like connecting with other people learning? Because like I, I can completely understand and, and to a certain extent, like relate to that when you have one business and it's your world, yeah. all you do all day, every day is work on that one business. Yeah, and what you're doing can feel like everything and it feels like the yeah. world, but there's so much going on outside of it. And it's crazy the amount of different business owners I've spoken to now on the podcast. Everyone's grown their business in like yeah. completely different ways and yep. unique ways. It's not always like there's a lot of things that you can cut, cut and paste and, mm. you know, replicate mm. across brands. But what I've noticed is like, there's no, there's no straight, no. there's no one way to do it. Yeah. There's so many different ways to build a business. So it's always really interesting, but I want to go back to one, one moment, because again, this is one of the most pivotal moments on the journey mm. for for myself, looking back, for people listening, I'm sure they can't wait for this day or maybe it's right around the corner for them. Yep. You said your business was already making more money than you were um, <laughs> in, in your day job. <laughs> yeah. What 
what decisions, what numbers, what factors went into the moment where you felt comfortable to yeah. pull the, to pull the trigger and go full, full full time on the business? Honestly, if it was up for me, up to me, I would have done it straight away. You know, I'm a risk taker. You know, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, then yeah. there's like there's the uh, the sensible Kenny that has you know a, a mortgage, uh, a wife and kids, single income as well. That although I was making a lot of money, there's that 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 part of you that wants to ensure that you're well set up that you can sustain it, all that kind of thing. So I wanted to give it look probably about a year until I, I made the exit, but um, we we actually signed a, a contract to build another house, so a bigger house. So we're just like, all right, you just know. To be safe. Yeah. yeah, but then when you're doing that, it's like even though your business income is a lot more, but it's only a short period, so the, the, the banks won't, they don't like that. So I was like, oh, crap, I had to like work with other business brokers and accountants to actually find ways to make um, – you know, makes the make the banks believe and take your new income rather than your corporate IT. Income. Yeah, no. So no, that's yeah, but as soon as that happened, that's when I went. You know, what, what? How important do you think it is to for someone that wants to change your life? And I don't know how much money you, you had, like with your family when you were growing yeah. up. If like you had a lot of cash handed to you, or you kind of did a lot by yourself. But how important for people changing their lives do you think it is to to take risks? I think for me, um, so no, we did we didn't have a whole lot of money growing up. I wasn't um, lucky enough to you know, to be able to Lego set and be like, Dad, can you buy me that? Like, I, I never got that, you know? Yeah. So as a kid, oh, sorry, as an adult, now that I do have money, any money that I get, I'm like, I want that. I want that. <laughs> I want that. You know what I mean? So that's what drives me. That's what fuels me to like succeed and work hard and have, yeah. get more money to be able to buy the things that you love, you know? So you see people that, you know, maybe a little bit more on the cautious side yeah. or what do you think it is? Like what... The people that you've seen, I know you like, you've been kind of living in your own world, but the people that you've seen that, I know you would have met them. They have yeah, ideas. They've got yeah. this great business idea. Yeah. They want to change their life. They want to do all this stuff. What do you think stops them? Is it is it taking risks? Is it when it gets hard, they give up? What yeah. From your perspective, what do you think it is? I think it's insecurities, um, lack of confidence. You know, a lot of people have ideas and want to do something, but how many people do you come across that like, oh, I've been thinking about doing that. I want to do that, but they don't. They just don't, yeah. right? And so I'm all about just, just just get up your ass and just fucking do it. You know what I mean? And so I've fortunately had that security and confidence to just take risks and not, you know, fail forward. I'm all about learning that. And a lot of people, they're, they're, they're too scared and they don't understand that if you make a mistake, it's not the end. You know what I mean? They don't have that persistence. It's, and that part, it's part of the process. Resilience. You can't succeed yeah. and not fail. Yeah, that's it. You can't yeah. succeed and not everyone fail. Everyone fails. Yeah. Everyone wants to avoid the uncomfortable yeah. feeling of failure, yeah. but it's like, fuck, yeah. isn't the worst isn't worse than that yeah. living your whole life yeah. Yeah. and you get to your deathbed and you look back and you're yeah. like, I yeah. never took that risk. I yeah. never made that change. Yeah. I never, yeah. you know, gave myself That's that it. kick in the backside. That's it. So if part of my, what contributed to my change in direction, you know, prior to six months ago was that the company was doing good, but from a cash flow perspective, we were like, Ooh, what's going on there? And we were always just waiting for the next sale period to yeah, get by. To really but then I was like, nah, it. there's got to be a better formula to this. And I'm not a numbers guy. I'm not a finance guy. But then when I started to surround myself with other founders and other people running um, econ businesses, I learned that there is like a formula. There is like a, a thing, like a, a way to track your, your daily numbers. And from that, you can track your, your marketing expense ratio. You can scale away your fixed costs. That's what I learned. And that was what kind of, you know, that was a starting point of this journey. You know? Yeah. So scaling away your fixed costs, it's really interesting. I, I love yeah. that you say that. So what was been part of the process? I know you've got someone that runs most more of the marketing, so it's maybe yeah. more their world. But yeah. when you're looking to scale away that, obviously 
organic yeah. scaling with organic is great, mm-hmm. but like you can only do what you can do. It's not okay. like no. when you're putting paid ads behind no. it where you can really charge things up. But yeah. what have you guys, what have you guys changed? Are you, you're putting more money into Facebook yeah. ads, TikTok ads. What's it been so for you guys? We used to use an agency um, and the agency were great. You know, they were great in terms of what I thought was great because they saying we're giving you 20 X. 15x and you're like oh that's awesome you know <laughs> yeah, but the yeah. thing is um and I, I heard you talk about this recently too is like imagine it were imagine it was like 6x but then you're pumping way more money into it you know so small budgets and look they um they didn't get they didn't have enough a, a lot to work with in terms of creators but we didn't know either mm-hmm. so part of this whole journey was me learning that you got to scale away your fixed um fixed costs through advertising through creatives experimenting on different, you know, creatives and different styles and just trying things and then watching your daily, you know, your daily profits on a, on a daily level, looking at your marketing expense ratios and then scaling up. You've, you've got, way. you've got like a, a studio room where you film a lot of content yeah. in your office. Yeah. Yep. What do you guys like? I've, I've looked at a lot of your videos. You've got yep. some pretty, pretty, pretty serious cameras in there. Some yep. serious setups. Yeah. How do you approach making content? Because this, your, your niche, your products is like a very creative yep, yep. kind of space, yeah, right? that's it. What's your content team doing to like create content that, that, that essentially at the end of the day will convert for you? I think for us, um, we want people to know that they're buying from genuine Lego um, passionate people. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we're not there just to make a dollar. We are actually genuinely passionate about Lego, pop culture, all that kind of thing. So when I when I direct them to make content, I'm just like, just be real as possible. Make cool content that people can relate to. And then in turn, they're like, this is a cool company. Mm-hmm. I want to buy from these guys. So it's, you know, it's got that personal touch to it. Um, and and the, the roadmap for the next 12 months is all about, you know, um, increasing that output, increasing um, creative ways to do things and just trying different things. And through that, we, you, we identify winners and then pump ads into that. And yeah. then that's how we, that's how we intend to scale. So are they, are they yeah. creating content like every, like new videos every week? Yeah. Like, are they yeah, yeah, that's it. yeah. 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 Well, the thing is it's, it's always centered around, it's a lot of it's centered around what we're releasing in terms of the product. Let's say for example, we're going to release like the latest um, Lego Avengers tower like kit. There'll be a lot of content based on that. So they'll be doing stuff from like, you know, building the Lego, talking about the set, talking about the lighting journey, little things like that. Um, one of, on TikTok, one of our most popular type of videos is Geordie. Um, he was one of the guys who works for us. He was on Lego Masters. He goes to the Lego oh, store. That's cool. And people love it. They love that shit. They eat it up. You know what I mean? So we just keep doing that. So people see it and then they relate to it. And yeah, it's um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Well, well let me ask you this. I'm always interested to get people's takes on this. Obviously this is like your first serious business, right? And yeah. you've built that around like a hobby of yours, yep. essentially something you're really passionate about. Is your advice to people starting their first business to find something they really, really love and try and build a business around that or to look for opportunities or potential products that is maybe going to be easier to find the initial success? I think it's probably a mix of things between the two. You know what I mean? Like there's a good idea, sure. But then there's also that research that is there something out there or finding that niche. And now obviously lighting is Lego lighting is extremely niche and that's what we've really, you know, narrowed in on. But for me and my experience, if I was to do it again, I'd be doing the same thing, mm-hmm. finding, not just having a good idea, but finding that niche, whether it's that product or that, that experience, because for us, it's like that whole end to end experience, just like building Lego, you know, that, that feeling of, of opening the box and then following instructions to create something really magical or inspiring. That's the same kind of experience I want with like my bricks, you know, yeah. a full end to end. Yeah. I think where I sit on that is like, I think for me, what I like, oh, let's just look at my journey. I started yep. in, 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 obviously in e-com, but in the beauty yep. space. Now 
beauty isn't necessarily one of my major interests or yeah. hair removal, but yep. like, you know, it was really, you know, fucking enjoyable and interesting to me. Yeah. Fucking my life changing before my eyes, yeah. getting to quit my job, getting to build a team, getting to be my own boss. That's fucking the best mm. experience ever. Mm. Now, once you've done that and you've made a bit of money, I think that's when you can kind of have the, you're in the privileged position to really build your businesses around just what you really care about. Yep. But if you're looking at opportunities and you're trying and like, like they both tick a lot of the same boxes. There's, there's good opportunity. The margins are good in both. Mm -hmm. It's not saturated, but you can tell there's demand there. Then absolutely pick the one that yep. you're most interested in. But I feel like for a lot of people will be like, I'm really passionate about X mm. and they want to do it in the e-com space. But it's like, I tell you what's going to motivate, because again, with passion and in, in really loving the industry, you're in, the whole idea around that is like, if you can do that, you're going to enjoy the process longer. It's going to be yeah. easy to be consistent. You'll stick into it. But if you're in a business that, you know, you love, but you, you're trying to do it to get it to escape the reality yeah. you're living in now yeah. and you're not making any money, you're going to give up sooner than if you find a good product you're not necessarily in love with, yeah. but you'll be in love with the process of scaling that business and make yeah. a bit of money. Yep. And then like may pivot into podcasting, building an education yeah. company and, yep. and, and, and doing it that way. So it's always interesting. There's no black or white no. way, but I think if yep. you can find a way to do it from the start that's and it. it is actually a really yeah. good opportunity and product, yep. that's, that's best yeah. case scenario in my yeah. opinion. And I think numbers is pretty important and something that gets overlooked really easily. Um, and having, or be having that assistance or someone that can support you in terms of like being, being able to identify, you know, yeah. your, 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 your expenses or your, your cat from a cash flow perspective to make sure everything's healthy. I think that's really important. In terms well. of numbers, like you mentioned cash flow, obviously yeah. there's probably a, an experience there that made you realize, holy yeah. shit, how important that is. What's yeah. like, what's like an important lesson or something that you learn about numbers or margins or cash flow that you've learned that, again, obviously you would have loved to have known earlier. Yeah. I think for me, it's that, um, when you, it, it, during sale campaigns, I was like, okay, when we need money, we, we will put on a sale. Right. So we do that a couple of times a year that when we do a sale, it's like traditionally it would just be like, Oh, 20% off, 30% off flat, whatever. You don't really think about it. But what I've come to realize is it's not just about the, the, um, the, the, the percentage discount you're giving. It's ensuring that you can in, uh, maintain the average order value. Mm. And, and you do that by like offers and dry, you know, the free gift thing, you know, yep. everyone loves free gifts. And then, and their way of doing it is basically, you know, spending more that way you're, you're giving away margin, but then you're increasing your profits based off average order value. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. That's a, that's and the a big perceived thing. value for the customer yeah. is, is higher anyway. Exactly. And that way you exactly. can, you can discount in a way that isn't purely discounting. You're, you're, you're yeah. providing value yeah. and, and creating an offer that yeah. that's really exciting now. We just come off the back of like Black Friday period, obviously. Yeah. What was the office like getting ready to prepare for, yeah. for such a big sale period? So we were super excited about this year's Black Friday in particular because we took, uh, we went on this journey of just all this intense learning. We had all these ideas and we, we've we been planning it since I think July, August or something like that. And we looked at our numbers and every year Black Friday is always the best month or that, that November period is the yeah. best month for us. And we've always... Uh, it, it, we've always reached new highs. This time I was very ambitious going. So going, man, I want to go 3X what we did last year, right? And so we had all these cool ideas for the offer. We um, forecasted, you know, uh, stock based on that. So it was um, very chaotic going into it, but it was even more chaotic during when, when we launched. It was nuts. Like we had, we scaled ads big time. Like we're spending like the whole campaign, we spent half a million dollars on, wow. on Black Friday. So just on media. Um, but we hit our goal, we hit three X and I was just like completely blown away. And that was just like that assurance that everything that I've learned 
I put into practice and I achieved it. So that for me, that was just like such a great moment. But at the same time, I was celebrating this, but logistics, warehousing, our poor people on the floor were just getting smashed. Yeah. And we had to pivot too. We ran out of free gifts. Like the first week we were like, all right, we have to change the offer. Then, you know, put out marketing based on that, create content, get it out there. So thankfully for my team, they were extremely proactive and, and we were able to pivot as many ways as possible and still have a really successful campaign. Yeah. yeah. Now, how rewarding is that moment when you put oh, months of work in and man. like you, you've allocated the budget for the resource and yeah. then you see the return and you hit, you hit oh, the it's, targets? Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's so good. It's like, I think it's more going into it, there's, you, f- you feel good. Like I was feeling positive about it, but there's also a little bit of like, oh, holy shit, I hope this works. If it doesn't, oh, shit, we spent all this money yeah, and doing yeah. all this time. So just just that, that yeah, that feeling of I, I made it, I hit it. It just like, it's just feels you and you're like, all right, bring on 2024. Yeah. You, know you I mean? energize for the whole Oh man. Year, like, right? cause this is the first time we did, we spent so much in um, the creative side of things, like all these different types of ads, different angles, different messaging, all that kind of thing, let alone the different offers. So yeah, we feel like we've taken a lot of learnings and and yeah, we're going to, next year's going to be a huge kind of scaling adventure yeah. for us. Yeah. And you, you've obviously, as you've grown the business, so does the head count. How many, how many staff have you got at the moment we in, have, in your place? Uh, we have 30. 30, but we also have a customer service um, agency mm-hmm. that we work with, but we do have like four solid people from there. So, yeah. you know, 30, 34, yeah. that kind of thing. And what's, again, there's so many and we all would yeah. laugh about it and yeah. share funny yeah. stories. What's one lesson or one piece of advice that you would give when it comes to to hiring? Because there's so many, but just retiring. Just no, hiring. Oh, so hiring. I was like, retiring. <laughs> no, no, no. Not yet. Hiring, I think um, uh, culture, um, Culture, work ethic, um, drive, uh, I think is really, really important. Um, you might look at someone's um, CV and it looks impressive, but really if they don't gel with the team, they don't, um, you know, I feel as though people, a good person, a good worker will be able to pick things up and they'll be able to, you know, apply. But someone who's experienced and like almost, they, they come with a lot of baggage and then, you know, it doesn't work. That's actually you know I mean? like such a great yeah. point. Yeah. People with a, a lot of experience, particularly it's like too much experience, older than right? you as well, yeah. can create. Yeah, yeah too much yeah. experience is baggage, yeah. man. Yeah. Particularly at the wrong sort of companies yep. or yep. corporate companies, yep. big yep. companies where yeah. like individuals' performance and what they do and their initiative doesn't really impact yep. the top or bottom yep. line yep. so much. You can so, kind of yeah, hide in a small, it. yeah. it's like startup culture yeah. business. You, you fucking yeah. there's nowhere to hide. Yeah. Everyone's important. That's it. So for us, like a lot of our team members are all we're all pretty young. We're all like have that passion for learning and mm-hmm. and we're all like kind of driven by not just like what we love, like our, our, our hobbies and Lego and, you know, pop culture and all that, but we're also that constant improvement kind of yeah. mindset is really important um, for us. Now, obviously we spoke about it earlier. We mentioned that you were like pretty much first to market for this yep. sort of product. Now with that is exciting. You have a head start, you get a lot of growth, mm-hmm. but then comes copycats, competitors, yeah. people ripping you off. Talk <laughs> to me about your experience with that. Oh dude, I'll never forget that time. Um, Cause for us, I didn't look, I wasn't smart enough in protecting that IP. It was really easy to steal all my images. So I remember seeing that site, never forget who they were. I still, it still haunts me to this day, going to that site and literally seeing all of my images. They, they literally just ripped off the whole site I've been and put there, it out there yeah. and put out everything for like less than half the price. And people were talking about, oh, have you checked out this company? I'm like, no, oh, man. So like I was very, very stressed. I seeked like a, a lot of different lawyers did the whole takedown stuff, but they Shopify closed their site and, you know, next day they put up another site. You can't, you can't win. You know what I mean? Um, like, and, and over time we're seeing more and more people copy 
They copy your branding. They copy your copy. They copy your ads. Even the way like we took we took um, product images. And so, you know, I went through a period where I was like, oh man, this really sucks. You can't do anything about it. But at the same time, I realized you can do something about it. And that's like just staying ahead. You know, you got to be, yeah, yeah. you got to be fresh. You got to keep um, evolving. Um, and that's why, you know, we're undergoing a, a huge rebranding at the, at the moment as well. Because right now, if I look at it from a customer point, we got complacent in, in terms of like, we always knew that we were better. We always knew that we were a leader, but we underestimated the power of these copycats and they'll always be trying to get ahead as well. Mm-hmm. So that was a kick in the ass for me going, all right, we got to rebrand. We got to think. Um, go back to the beginning, look at our story, what, why we exist, why we want to do this, and we want to inject as much of that as possible into this new brand so that when we relaunch, it's like game-changing. Like there'll be, there'll be no question that yeah. my bricks it's, it's all It's almost like with that death by a thousand cuts, like one of yeah. them alone, but it's like when there's a hundred people ripping you off and like trying to replicate you and look the yeah. same, that's going to add up, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But like on the flip side as well, for people that are – starting a business, an e-com business, whatever their product is, it's like there can be this like, you know, expectation that I've got to be a creative genius and I've got to think of all these creative ideas myself. You can model what works and look at the market and do research and take inspiration for what other Mm -hmm. people are doing. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference between doing that and then doing it in your own way versus ripping it off. Ripping it off. Oh, man, yeah. Like we, I think I've still got screenshots of literally we'll do an ad. Um, It could be like a fifth birthday sale. Two weeks later, you look on this competitor site, we're having a fifth birthday yeah. sale and they'll copy everything. And it's just like, oh man. Um, but for us, like, you know, again, it's, it's, you got to just let that fuel you and you got to let that, you know. Did you like you. waste too much money on lawyers? Yeah, and of course. Saying, Everyone does. It's so right? stupid. You shouldn't. You just think that you can sue them. You yeah. just think that you're just getting the stop. They're never going to stop. It's just, but yeah. it's, it's the, the amount of time that you spend and the amount yeah. of energy and the That's mental it. capacity. It's yeah. not worth it. Like yeah. we've done the same. Like we even got yeah. settlements out of, mm. out of one or two companies and it's like, Okay, we spent six to nine months fighting really this. The settlement's like, yeah. what, we break even? Yeah. Like, fuck exactly. it, what's not exactly. worth it? I mean, look, End there, of wasted all that time. There is that kind of principle in you that 100%. wants to make things work. Yeah. And, and that's why I did it too. But it's yeah. like that principle is like your ego and like at the end of the day you're just damaging yourself. Yeah. But it takes, I feel like that's one of the things. Yeah. You're it's, going going to start going through this already kind of has. Yeah. It's like when it's your baby, it's your first thing and they're doing it, you I just know. want to, you know, fight yeah. them fight and spend it. But it's like, dude, you're just, that's. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's not the it's not the end. It's it's that's one part. Second part is just evolve, mm-hmm. stay ahead. For us, it's like stay ahead with branding, stay ahead with product development. You know, a, a product in the current state, it's easy to copy. Anyone can do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the new product we're redeveloping, it's like game changing. It's it, look, you can copy it, but it's a lot harder to copy. So make it harder for your competitors to copy. Barrier to entry yeah. when you're starting a product is yeah. is so much is so good. Like yeah. for for my product, when we first started it wasn't that easy because like there was only a small amount of manufacturers Mm -hmm. and like they weren't like couldn't just go on alibaba and search and find it super easily now like after like a year it's like oh because not only do you know the ddc brands get the ideas the manufacturers be like oh yes that product's fucking off let me get in there and yeah i think yeah there's also like for us we didn't we weren't smart enough to have proper contracts as well with our initial supplies and as soon as there's a leak in the supply chain that's, that's it's, where it's also hard to get contracts signed when you're a new business exactly. and you can't, you yeah. know, commit to any volume yeah. and like, why the fuck are they going to do it? You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, again, it's, it's all learning. It's all stuff you experience and, yeah. and you know, you don't, you don't get where you are today if it wasn't for that, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. 
I wanted to um, I want to speak to you about something different now. Obviously, you've you've doing some work with Dane. You're going mm. straight to his to the podcast as well. Mm. Tiger Table, I think was I was on it last. Yeah, just released yep, it. Yep. Um, but you did like a hundred days, ten thousand dollars, ten thousand follower goal on Instagram. You hit that. Yeah. You hit yeah, last 10, night. 000. Yeah. In a hundred days. It's pretty fucking cool. Talk yep. to me about that experience and that process, what it was like. Yeah. So one of the, um, key factors in my change in direction six months ago was actually hearing Dane speak at the, um, one life event. You know, I, I was going there to, to listen to Simon Beard. I was like, Oh cool. I just want to be inspired. And then I heard Dane and I was like, man, that, that, that was the one that, you know, really resonated with me, you know, just that whole putting that personal side into it. Cause before, prior to that, I was very private. You know, I was very selective with who followed me. I was like, eh, I've known that guy for a week. Nah, 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 that kind of thing. So I had, I held everything very close. And then I saw the importance of, of personal branding and how people, you know, I've been trying to do that with a business, but then I realized that people trust people. They relate more to the personal story side. And that was me being vulnerable and going, okay, let's, let's, strip it back and let's go on this journey and document that whole thing. So that was my whole take on it, getting people to know the personal side of Kenny as a, as a founder, as a family guy, as just, you know, a big kid at heart that, you know, I want people to see that side of me relate to it. And that speaks volume to, to your brand. So uh, his challenge as well is that 90 day challenge um, where you post everything consistently, consistently for 90 days. And if you, if you mess up, you eat a dog biscuit. I was like, all right, I, I want to take that approach. I'm not going to do it every day because I tried to, but I just found it hard just with like family and all that kind of thing. So I just said, you know what? I'm just going to do it as much as possible. I was posting consistently six, seven times, oh, sorry, five, six times a week. Um, and then just not last night when I was like, uh, we we're having dinner and we're like, holy shit, I'm actually almost at 10,000. Mm-hmm. And that's what triggered everything. And, and then Dan was like, when was the first post? And we, we calculated it was exactly a hundred days ago. Wow. My goal was to get 10,000 before the end of the year. So I, um, we met that goal in hundred days. So it just sounds cool. hundred days, 10,000 followers. Yeah. And I was like, it actually works. You know what I mean? If you're consistent and if you put a lot of thought into the content you create, the messages you're trying to, you know, spread, um, yeah, you'll grow your following. You so know? what, what have you noticed about the process? What, did it become easier towards like, as you got the swing of it? Like yeah. what, what, what was the challenges for you in, in it with the, the ideation phase, the editing, obviously I imagine you have a team, but mm. talk to me about some of the logistics of I actually putting that out. It, it took, it takes a lot of time. Um, and look, we do have an editing team, but they were like, um, extremely, they were getting smashed. So I, I, I got a bit of editing experience. So I was actually doing it my way. Oh, cool, Not cool. just that. It's like when you do it yourself, you know, you can create it how exactly you want it. Right. And so the challenges for me at the time was what am I going to talk about? What am I going to create content? You know, what, how do I make it interesting? And look, you could, you could just sit there and trying to think about this whole thing, but you're not going to get anything done. It was just, just do it. Just, just get out there. Just, I was, I kind of remember my first post would have just been like a cap cut, a shitty cap cut video of me building a Lego set. You know, it was terrible. I go back and look at it. And then there's the first time you speak in front of the camera after not having done it, done it in a long, long time. At the time you thought it sounded good, but when you watch it back, it's like, man, I sound like a dead shit. There's no like, wow. Um, But it's kind of learning things about yourself, learning things about how you speak and communicate. And communication is like, that's such a underrated skill that, you know, people overlook and being able to talk and, and, and spread your message, create content. So the challenges then, you know, time, how do you cram everything in? How do you schedule it? How do you make variety of content? Um, those were the challenges, but at the same time, it does get easier and you get into the swing of things. You get more comfortable doing things. Um, you know, sometimes you listen to people on podcasts or, or doing lives like, man, how do they do that in one take and sound so 
natural, you know what I mean? And again, like it's something that you learn along the way. It's a process, right? But yeah. in terms of doing it all and starting, it's like some people be like, okay, yeah, I know I should start making content, but mm-hmm. what do I actually make the content of? Where yeah. did you get your ideas? Were they all from your head? Yeah. Were you seeking inspiration from other like thought yeah. leaders and yep. founders? Like what was your process? And then do you track like ideas on a Google sheet? Yeah. How do you- yeah. So initially you just get inspiration from others people, you watch stuff, you're like, okay, I, I could do a message because I can relate to that. So I just use click, click up, just jot ideas down. And it's just like a massive, it's <laughs> the, the pages gets longer and longer, the yeah. list gets, and then you just think of stuff all the time. And at the end of the day, it's like, you're documenting your day-to-day stuff as well. So you might be um, facing a problem at work and you're like, oh, that's a good idea for something. You know, for example, like I, ex- I experienced my first kind of toxic behavior on on socials people were commenting on my look what were they? i was like oh, really? they were saying shit about my eyes my teeth and i was like wow um look i, I isn't that crazy yeah. like you're posting like a positive piece of content from, right? like who thinks i'm gonna fucking shit on that person yeah so like if anything i was like look i'm not gonna worry about it instagram was auto hiding it but i was like no i'm gonna unhide it because i want to i want people to see this right mm-hmm. and the first thing i thought was one, it's only driving me to create more content. Two, I actually want to show my boys this because I'm kind of journeying with them and I'm telling them about like there's there's shitheads in the world, there's there's negativity, there's toxicity, there's bullies, and it's all about like looking at it from a different point, looking at it like it's not always about you, it's about them. You know what I mean? Oh, in those they're going through shit. And it's it like is. you look at it, so it's it's about build, building resilience. So there was that, and then I was like, you know what? I, this is a perfect idea for some content. This is me showing my journey and, and and experiencing this for the first time and how I react to it. Mm. And that post that I did got, that was the most engaged post I've ever had. You know what hey. I mean? Because so many people are the same. There's a lot of people that are creating content or thinking about doing content. They're scared of this kind of thing. Or as soon as that happens, they're out kind of thing. So Did, that, did it bother you at all? Or had you like developed like a thicker skin prior to starting yeah, this Yeah, I think... Um, no, it didn't bother me so much. If anything, I was like, oh, is that, is that, like, you it's know. It's a bit weird. Yeah, it is a bit weird. But at the same time, you're like, you know what? I see the fun, the funny side Ooh. of it too. And I'm, I'm very, I'm remaining positive. I got supportive people around me. So at the end of the day, like, again, it only fueled me just to want to keep going and do this even more and just be like, fuck you, you got anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just want to, you just want to get it out there. I had one the other day. Someone said, uh, they just wrote, you should fix your teeth. And straight away, I just laughed at it and I just replied to him going, thanks heaps for the advice. I'll definitely work on that. I'll get back to you kind of thing. Salute, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like having fun with it and just seeing the bright side and turning that negativity into positivity. Now, like, have you, like, as you grow up and mature, you get experience, like a lot of people struggle with like really caring what other people think about mm, them. Mm, mm. What's your thoughts on that? Do you have any advice to people to kind of shed a bit of that? Because like the fear of judgment and the fear mm. of putting yourself out there Holds so many people yeah. back from starting their YouTube channel, yeah. starting their business, starting yeah. their whatever. Yeah. It's changing that mindset from what if there are people out there who think this of you, but then change that mindset to think, what about this other massive part, uh, portion of people that are thinking the positives or getting stuff, inspiration, getting motivated by what you're doing. So you you got to look at it like, are you going to give up just because of a small percentage of people that might say and stuff? And it's going to be a small percentage of people always, that are always. negative only. And all the A-listers get hate, you know? All the A-listers get made fun of all the time. It's never going to stop, you know what I mean? You can't. It's just what you do with it and how you treat but it. Yeah, like the personal brand, we actually have one of the next episodes, be re- probably released before this, yep. only an episode or two ahead, yep. like personal brand, yeah. Matt, Matt Purcell. Oh. It's like 
Asian brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like becoming more and more important for business. Obviously, you've yes. spoken to Dane and you realize, hey, this is actually obviously it's good for you. And it's going to open up more doors for yourself, mm, which, mm. which is a great benefit for any founder or yep. future founder out there. But also your business is going to see yeah. growth and success off yep. the back of it. So it's something as we move into 2024, yeah. like I, I just think it it can't be mm, can't be slept on anymore. Um, yep. I want to ask you about another another thing around your world that you live in and rem- yep. remembering that like people listening, this we're talking about Lego here today because that's what your world is <laughs> and, the, and the lighting and whatnot. Yeah. It can be any yeah. niche thing that you're interested in. Yep. But for you, I've seen some of like you speaking about some of the some of like the, the collector's pieces that you mm. hold from Lego and mm. like what you bought them at and, and yep. what they're worth now. Talk to me about your thoughts on Lego as an investment. Oh, that's a that's a that's a whole other can of worms. Lego investment is like they, they have an articles literally um saying that investing in Lego is better. That investing in gold, like the returns you see, you know, um, there, that's a whole new market where people don't even know anything about Lego. They don't like Lego, but they're buying it. They're holding on it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're being smart. It's like buying shares, you know, they sit on it. And then when the Lego set becomes retired, the value goes up. How long are they it. like in the market being produced before they get retired? They're all different. You know, some have like a, a couple of years run, some will go for longer but I think it's different nowadays because there's so many people doing it and Lego aren't making such short runs of sets anymore. So it's harder. But if you had bought sets 10 years ago, some of the, like, for example, like a $200 set might be 2,200 now, 10 years later, you know what I mean? So the returns are huge, but really, I think people like to say that, uh, they like to say I'm investing in Lego just to really buy Lego, really, you know what I mean? Um, but there it's, is it's with anything, right? though. It's yeah. with anything. It's any collectible items like Pokemon cards, basketball mm. cards, sneakers. You collect stuff, yeah. you sit there, stuff always goes up in value. And do you watch Rami the Icon on YouTube ever? Uh, Dude, if you does anyone not watch Rami the Icon? I've randomly got into him. Yeah. It's just like he works at like a, a sneaker like reseller yeah. store on his videos at Fark. Yeah. Sometimes I watch it for hours. Yeah. Like it's so interesting. Yeah. But people do make oh, people make bank off it. Yeah, people, exactly. people make million dollar plus a year yeah. just buying selling shoes. Old stuff. Sneakers, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sneakers, collectibles, action figures, mm. the list can go on. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's there's no limits to this. Um, yeah. but for you personally, what mm. would you say from your collection is like your prized possession? That's worth the most. Either is the most, but let's do both. Uh, the most special to you yeah. for whatever sentimental okay. reason and then worth the most. Yeah, so for me, the, one of the my top ones would definitely be the, when I was talking about Lego modular buildings, the very first one that was released, um, the Cafe Corner. Um, it's it's a corner, cafe, hotel. It's actually got no detail inside it because back then they just cared about the external. Um, that would have come out $200 at the time. I didn't buy it at the time. I bought it. Maybe uh, five years ago, um, but now it's worth over five grand. Um, yeah, from a two hundred dollar piece. Yeah. yeah, and is it like all in the box? Or have you? Yes. Put it oh, yeah. yeah. It has yeah, to, like yeah. when you when you're thinking about um, sets going up in value. Sure, the ones that are built, there might be a little bit, but it's all it's about all that sealed, yeah. untouched box. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be it. In um, <laughs> do you really can like when you're buying Lego now, yeah. like with the pieces that are getting released? Are you looking at it? With like one eye on it as an investment, or are you buying nah, it as a, as a hobby? Nah. Yeah. Look, I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't consider myself a Lego investor. I consider myself a Lego collector. Um, cool. So I'm not yeah. buying it purely to make money. I just yeah, want yeah. it because you just want that feeling of I've got it. It's brand new, sealed. No one's opened it. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we've already spoken about a few things. I want to start to um to to wrap this up and and get you on the way to your back to back podcast yeah. for the day. <laughs> But one thing we, we spoke about kind of touched on, but I want to get like your thoughts on, on this more specifically. It's like we spoke about like kind of what holds people back mm-hmm. from, you know, f- 
starting something, the fear of judgment, fear of failure. Yep. But another thing, it's like either people stop at that point, yep. like they won't start because of all these different mm. insecurities or fears or whatever. But the other place that people really commonly um, quit and stop and give up on their dreams, they give up on the business, they go back to their safe world of the nine to five, which they know they they really yeah. hate and they just yeah. live for the weekend is they might have a business idea and they've progressed it. They've got the product, they've done some things. And then six months in, they hit a roadblock yeah. and it just gets difficult and they give yeah. up. So yeah. like when someone hits a roadblock or when you've hit a roadblock that early on in your business journey, mm. before you have, mm. you know, all the experience and know how to solve it, like what, what gets you through those moments? And like, what's your advice to people to like not give up as soon as they hit like a, a roadblock? Yeah. Um, there's only so much, I mean, mentally it's, it's draining. It's exhausting when you hit a roadblock. It's really hard to keep going when you think, you know, all, all hope is lost, but you, you really got to get out of that by seeking help. And I think there are, you know, for me, it's like, if someone can help me, I'll pay for it. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's investing in getting assistance from other coaches or, or e-com founders. You got to get that inspiration. You got to get that drive again. And something as simple as going to like an entrepreneur summit, like what I did, that set everything up for me to go, all right, this is new me. You know Changing what I mean? everything. You got to, you got to go out and get stuff. Yeah. You can't just sit there and just wait for things to happen. You know, that's so true. Like a lot yeah. of the brands I'm consulting to now and, and mentoring, it's like one of the biggest things that they were so keen for is like just someone there to hold their hand, support, yeah. walk them through the process, yeah. help them because like not everyone yeah. has friends that are running e-commerce brands. Like yeah. it's, and it can be very like lonely and isolating to yeah, get into business. Sure. So I think, yeah. I think you've nailed it. Like mm. the, hit the nail on the head with that, like seeking people that can yeah. help you. If you don't That's ask, dance is always no. Yeah, you got to go and seek it. But you know why yeah. they don't ask a lot of times? Because that I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to put myself in an uncomfortable position. Well, you got, you have to yeah. do it. For me, it was like. Why would I go to entrepreneur summit? It sounds so dicky. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the the negativity in me going, nah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't go get life coaching. Don't do all this. You know what I mean? But man, when you do it, you, you'll be surprised with the value that you get. From no, it. no, completely yeah. agree. Yeah. Personal development has been such an important yeah. part of my journey. And like you said, and I say this almost every week on this, it's like mm. your business is a reflection of you. Yeah, for sure. Like you got to put challenge yourself yep. and put yourself in positions that, you're in an element of discomfort because mm -hmm. that's how you grow and that, that's how you get better. Like if you want to, you know, live a good life, you got to, you know, yeah. put that work in and you got to yep. do hard things. You want to be an interesting person. You have to yep. do interesting things. Yeah. And that's something that I've realized as well. It's like, wow. Like if yeah. I want to be interesting, I can't just do the uh, same boring shit uh, all the time. You get, you yeah. get the same results that's now. It. Um, question for you is on mental health, right? Mm -hmm. I've seen you speaking about it, maybe a, a one or two posts, but yep. what's your relationship to mental health personally yep. as a founder? Yep. Um, because it can be a very up and down process. Sure. Yeah, and is it sure. something that's kind of top of mind for you day to day in your life? Um, I would say it's uh, top of mind day to day, but like, I, I mean, mental health is definitely something I feel strongly about, you know, people, you know, it, it gets overlooked and I think mental health is extremely important. Um, you know, day to day, you always got to stay positive. It's a really easy to spiral, you know, down a negative path. And, and sometimes it's not as easy as, you know, snapping out of it kind of thing. Um, my wife also feels really strongly about it. She's got her own charity that, that focuses on, um, positive mindsets for kids. Um, we do, they, they do care packs and they, they donate to foster agencies and, you know, and source all this 
material from psych, uh, child psychologists on, you know, mental health, um, positive affirmation, that kind of thing. So nice. we feel very strongly about that in, in kids as well and making sure kids are growing up with that positive mindset of resilience and affirmation, you know what I mean? Just day yeah. to day, because that's something that they don't teach at school. They don't, it's not something that all kids are fortunate to have. Another thing I see as well with like Speaking of founders, when when they're in that situation, they might have had like a really like good start to business life and everything's yeah. too easy. Yeah. Then they start to hit yeah. a, a bit of a rough patch and the numbers are dipping mm. and you're losing a bit of money. That mm. can absolutely crumble yeah. people and that yeah. can fold them. Like, For sure. how do you get, like, I'm sure, mm. I know you've had a lot of growth, but mm. you've mentioned cash flow yep. can be tight at times. Yep. So like, yep. Yep. It's easy when you're a business owner when yeah. when when cash is tied or the numbers are going backwards and you can't figure out why for that yeah. moment. Yeah. I've got enough experience to know like those periods like they come and go and you get through them. But when they're happening the first first yeah, or second yeah, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. it can be scary. It is. It's it's definitely scary. And not just that, because it's like as a business leader, you've got all these employees that you you want to mm. You, True. If you, the thought of you having to let someone go because of financial difficulty, that's like for me, that's like oh, I've, I've, I've failed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not just that, but as like a family man, as, as a dad, it's like, you've got that pressure to, to always be, you know, winning. Yeah, yeah. So that pressure affects a lot of guys' mental health too, you know, uh, women as well. Like it's just one of those things that's um, overlooked and, you know, it's, it's really uh, important that you do surround yourself with a good support system. But also like if you do need to, to let go of someone because of finances, then you need to do it. Yeah. You can't hide yeah. from that or, or it'll crumble yeah. yes. everything. Yes. And yes. you'll lose everything That's and everyone will lose their job. Go as a, as you well. have to like, yeah. there comes a certain yeah. point where sometimes you have to shake hands yeah. with reality. And yeah. if that's what you got to do. And we've had yeah. founders on talk about yeah. really difficult moments, having to let go mm. of friends that they've mm. hired. Mm. And you know, it's just, it's something yeah. another time, like there's a big theme I've really like avoiding discomfort is one of yeah. the worst things you can do For because sure. growth is always on the other yeah. side of discomfort. So I just think there's so much yeah. value in having, uh, being surrounded with like-minded individuals. And uh, like, if you're an e-com founder and you're going through stuff, it's really important that you are connected with other e-com founders. You know, when you bounce ideas, when you talk to people, you get inspired, you help each other. And it's just something that's a must, I reckon. Community is so yeah. important. Yeah. yeah. Particularly because in, 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 in the world we live in, you got to lay a lot on the line. And mm. obviously we're not like fighting fires or, you know, like that, but you, you lay like yeah. your emotional and mental yeah. and like financial health on the line every yeah. single day. So yeah. it's tough. You got to have people in your corner. So finding your tribe, finding community, yeah. finding people that are on the journey of doing the same thing, trying to make their life better, trying yeah. to make their dreams a reality. Because yeah. there's so many negative people out there. You want, if you yeah. just watch the news every day, yeah. everything's <laughs> every, everything's going to shit. You know what I mean? Everything's yeah. negative. There's no yeah. money in the world. Yeah. Everyone's, you know, like, mm. yeah, you can buy into that. And some of that's you know real, but you, you can only control what you can control, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. and if you can, one of the biggest things is like environments around, yeah. like, put yourself in the right environment, surround yourself with the right people. Yep. And I really, really, really believe that it's going to do a lot of the work for you. But, um, yep. You've mentioned what's coming next. You've got like a rebrand on the way, yep. a really cool, innovative new product. Yep, what's, new products. what's coming next for the brand? For Give us, us a bit of a 2024 playbook. 2024 will be like, Line My Books has come out with a huge, it's going to be a massive bang, like new look, new overhaul, uh, new products, uh, new site, the whole thing. And next year is just all about, you know, pushing the limits, scaling both the, the business as well as me personally all of us developing as much as possible um, and, yeah, kicking new highs. It's crazy that you only got into like really into like I know. change of perspective six months ago. Yeah, but it's good. Like you're taking yeah. action on it straight away. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. good, man. And um, for anyone interested in either 
checking out some of the stuff that you're speaking about personally, showing your journey, obviously where to find Light My Bricks, where's the best place they can find you? Lightmybricks.com, baby. Yep. And, <laughs> and on Instagram for the stuff that you're putting yeah, out. What's so your- my handle is Kenny Be Like Water. It's uh, a Bruce Lee reference for all you Bruce Lee. You're martial artist at all? Or? I'm not. I just love Bruce Lee. I've grown up just loving Bruce Lee. I just think he's a kick-ass icon. His 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 teachings, his philosophy, uh, you know, his philosophical yes. stuff. Um, it's just yeah, it's it's inspiring. Hundred yeah. percent. All right, we'll leave it at that, Kenny. Thank you so no much, worries, brother. Man. Good, Thank you. Congrats on an awesome year and that yeah. big, you know, three X from last year's peak. <laughs> yeah, and I'm excited to watch the growth continue to build this multi-million dollar Lego lighting empire. Yeah. Next year. Congrats, funny bro. I know it's a bit of a tongue twister, but thank you very no much. Worries, thanks, man. Cheers, brother. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or you got something out of it, do yourself a favor, do me a favor, do your friends a favor and share this with them and they can come along on this journey with us. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.